The seller, even though they're retirement age, I think there's a fear factor of never being able to, if, if something goes wrong with my retirement, how am I going to make a living? So they were pushing back on that a little bit. You know, we tell a seller that they need to be prepared for a non-compete, and it makes sense. Buyers are going to want that comfort that you're passing on the business, that you don't have any intention of getting back into it and competing against them. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors podcast. I am your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by the president of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing great. What is so funny, Doug? I don't know. It's the look on your face. <laughs> well, you know, okay. How are you? Tell I, us how you're doing. You know, doing. I'm doing just fine. I plead are the you? fifth. Okay. As I, uh, I was, before we started recording, I, I was telling you a little bit about how I might have had just a little bit of a rough morning a few weeks it just ago. just crept up on you. It did, it, and I just realized it. And it was the third thing that made me realize, wait a minute, I'm having a rough morning. And it was one of those things where a few weeks ago we talked about time-killing deals. Right. And yeah. I'm yeah. currently working on a franchise where we've got all the ducks in a row, everything's lined up, and then the franchise tells our buyer... We can't get you into training for another two and a half months. Uh, yeah, so that was something. And then we had an offer come in uh, that was uh, less than desirable, mm. which I don't know why I get into a bad mood when people well, send a, what I okay. can. So, you, okay, you consider it a low ball offer, right? Yeah. Which I think, based on what you told me, it is. Yeah, you and get so my side of the do, story and do. only my side of I the mean, story. I mean, you kind of can take it personally because the argument for the low price offer, didn't there? I didn't see the logic in it. So if you go into a business opportunity, assuming the worst case scenario, like business is gonna drop 30 to 40%, and then base my offer on a worst case scenario, not gonna get very far. Yeah, probably, probably not the business for you. No, probably um, not. A business owner attitude yeah. and then the worst case of all is we get set up in here in our our podcast studio that with all the equipment with all the equipment that sometimes doubles as a, a meeting room for mm -hmm. buyers and sellers and whatnot and I was refilling my water and this was the worst part of my morning what was that another broker walked by and goes hey has anybody ever told you, you have a face for podcasting <laughs> I'm like well, yeah, but That's there's there's a reason why we don't do these on video. <laughs> so what we're really here today to talk about are non-compete agreements. Building onto our conversation from last week post-sale, mm -hmm. uh, tips and tricks on how to have a smooth and orderly transition. Something along okay. the way is a non-compete. That's something that is included in every, our, every, every deal. Yeah. I mean, it should be. And so sure. let's maybe just start with what is a non-compete and what is the purpose of it? Yeah, non-compete, just what it sounds like, is the seller is guaranteeing that when they sell the business, they will not compete with the buyer. They won't go into the same business or a similar business. Sometimes it includes even the family members 
that wouldn't be included, so he can't, his kid, get into the same business. So it wraps around the family. And usually it's a reasonable time and distance criteria around that. So it might be within, depending on the business, so it might be 100 miles from your location for three years or four years, something like that. So, and, and I think attorneys will, will handle it differently, whether it's a buyer's attorney or seller's attorney, obviously. Seller's attorney might say, well, you know, we want a short time frame, and buyer's attorney wants a long time frame. So for point of reference, we're in Kansas City, metropolitan mm-hmm. area. And right. let's say that downtown Kansas City um, we'll call it 13th and Main. Mm-hmm. I have seen it right. in my, my favorite way of describing it in the contracts that I've seen is the confluence of the Missouri and Kansas rivers. <laughs> uh, for our purposes. Was on the north side of the it confluence? Would be, it, or the, yeah. Okay. It would be the, uh, the northwest side of downtown. North, okay. But let's, let's just say it's 13th and Main. If That's, you drop a pin there and draw mm-hmm. a circle of yeah. 100 miles to your east that's going to take you just inside of columbia, columbia missouri yeah. where the university of missouri is so from my house i live on the east side of town mm-hmm. it's a good hour and a half away yeah um if you yeah. go west you're looking well past well past topeka mm-hmm. um to the north you're well past st joseph Saint and then uh, to the south Kind of I don't the know. yeah. <laughs> what about what about the southwest? The, 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 the city kind of ends uh, about 151st Street anymore. So, so when you talk about 100 miles, it's a very large trade area. Yeah. What yeah. type of businesses would you say 100 miles is reasonable, and what would you say 100 miles is not reasonable? Well, okay. For for one thing, if if you're dealing with a a, a painter, okay, something simple, simple service business. You know, going a hundred miles outside the area is is pretty pretty far, and I don't think most people are going to care if I sell my painting business if I pick it up again in the Lake of the Ozarks or or Columbia. You do want some protection for sure. So now, if it's a an internet business, a tech business, you might be looking at a national non compete. Yeah, when I when I had my franchise agreement. Our non-compete was two years, United States. Hmm. For what? For, For a, a franchise, smoothies and smoothie. nutritional nutritional supplements. You couldn't go anywhere inside the United States. Inside the United States, two years. Wow. That was the franchise agreement. Okay. So okay. when I sold the business, and the uh, the buyer presented me with like a fifty-mile non-compete, sure. <laughs> right. And I think you were probably willing to do the national non-compete. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I will, for an extra 20 grand, I'll go the entire United States. I will not compete against right, you. Right. So realistically, his trade area for a retail place is you're looking at, I, I always try to do my marketing within half a mile of the mm-hmm. store. Right, um, yeah. People aren't going long distances to get a smoothie. No, and and quite honestly, a lot of times they're not veering off their path. Right. If they're on the main, if they're on the main artery getting on the interstate, (laughs) they're not going to take a left. A block to go three blocks. So, uh, you know, there there are some things where it's like uh, twenty five miles. I'm not. I'm not getting the same customer set that I was getting here. So. Yeah. 
You know, we have the, you know, Valerie has a case right now and where a non-compete became an issue and two days before closing, there's a disagreement over what the non-compete should be. And this is where kind of it's became a managing the attorney situation. The attorney for the buyer thought there should be a five-year non-compete, pretty large distance, a large area around the Kansas City area. And the seller, even though they're retirement age, I think there's a fear factor of never being able to, if, if something goes wrong with my retirement, how am I gonna make a living? So they were pushing back on that a little bit. You know, we tell a seller that they need to be prepared for a non-compete, and it makes sense. Buyers are gonna want that comfort that you're passing on the business, that you don't have any intention of getting back into it and competing against them. And and so we want the sellers to understand that it's it's going to happen. So it comes down to what's reasonable. And then on the seller side is kind of step back from being emotional and and having somebody telling you what's what to do and, and look at it from the buyer's point of view. Some of the interesting aspects of a non-compete that maybe don't often get thought of is a lot of times the person on their truck that they're driving for, their lawn, their landscape, their HVAC, you know, whatever it is, it rings to the owner's cell phone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's quite a shock when that owner is told, you're going to have to turn over your cell phone number to the, right. to the buyer. Yeah. What? What? That's, yeah. My kids call me That's, on this. Well, your kids are going to have to <laughs> reprogram their... Get a new phone yeah. number. Yeah. That non-compete is really there to, exactly what you said, protect the buyer against the seller that has many years of knowledge and contacts and mm -hmm. information mm -hmm. that you've just forked over a million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever that, that number is, you've just forked yep. over that number and you're expecting to assume that business and continue going on and not have the person you just bought it from entering the market as a competitor. Right, right. And, and I think we, we always talk about the building the relationship between the buyer and the seller and building that trust, and this is part of that. And, you know, along with this, there's gonna be this training and transition period. If, I, if I'm, uh, you know, what am I gonna feel if I think, geez, this guy could come back out and compete with me in, a, in just a couple of years, am I really gonna get trained? Am I gonna be introduced to the clients? Am I gonna get the full show, I guess? You know, I want the whole training and yeah. transition period thoroughly. And so that, that non-compete's part of it. Yeah, I always find it odd when a seller is really fighting a non-compete. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd wanna a, know that up front. Yeah, I have, a couple, sure. I have a couple clients, you know, as part of my questionnaire that I ask. Mm -hmm. I get some pretty funny answers when, so I'm retiring. I never want to be in this again. So, you know, I'll ask them, well, what do you think's a fair non-compete? I don't know, five years forever? <laughs> or, <laughs> five years for I don't care. For global. Uh, yeah, like I yeah. forever. Forever uh, global. I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's generally the ones yeah. where you're like, yeah, they're generally they're retiring. Yeah. And then if you get the people that are, you know, if you, it's kind of one of those things. If you're wanting to sell this business and go set up shop, to your point, down right, on Lake right. in the Ozarks, okay, it's a different, yeah, completely different market. But if I'm wanting to go set up shop the next little suburb over, if I'm in a buyer's shoes, I, I'm I'm drastically yeah. discounting yeah. what I would what I would expect to pay for that business because sure. oh yeah, you're not going to get trained. You're not going to get the especially if it's a more 
technical business, uh, an engineering type business, something where I know that the seller has the technical expertise and he has the contacts. And so being 500 miles away wouldn't matter, you know, so it, they're really going to have to, to protect themselves. And like you said, if you've got a, if you've got a seller who's like, yeah, I just want to shorten that as much as possible, I'd be worried about it. What else do you see in those non-compete clauses that sellers, buyers should be uh, well, I cautious think, about? I think one of the things that, that I mentioned before that I don't think people really think about is how family is included in those non-competes. And that can be a little bit touchy uh, depending on what the family members are doing in the business. I have had a case where I was dealing with a, um, it was a masonry business, but the family was in the business. The kids were in the business. And a buyer comes in and wants to buy that, that business. They certainly don't want Junior going out and starting something to compete with him because he's also, got, also has the contact. So that buyer's buying the business, He's buying the personnel. He's probably buying the family to go along with it. So everybody's going to be signing a non-compete. Do you generally see that as a problem where perhaps the parents are selling the business, the one of the kids works in the business, might not be involved in the decision to make the sale of the business, and yeah. then they're expected to sign a, a yeah, non-compete? Can, Do you see that being? It can be a problem yeah. if it's not been discussed ahead of time with the family. So <clears throat> we have seen deals fall apart because uh, family don't want to, they don't want to sign non-compete. So then I think you're, you're right in that then, okay, does that become a renegotiation? Is that a pricing issue? Are there other reps and warrants that would have to come into play to protect the buyer? And, and that could mean that the business is unsellable. As we start to wind down here, what is the most unreasonable non-compete you've ever seen? You know, I don't think I've had anything like hugely unreasonable like that. I think, you know, if you set up the seller properly and the buyer, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of time, a good broker would do that, you know. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Setting expectations early. No. Uh, no, I haven't had anything that's really been terrible. I think there, there, it is typically an issue that needs to be negotiated, though. Yeah. It is going to be a point of um, where, where a deal can fall apart based yeah. on that. And I do think that it is much more important in a non-franchise setting than it would be in, in a franchise. Oftentimes, like one of the expectations also with my franchise sellers is, listen, if there's something already covered in your franchise agreement, when you get the APA, I wouldn't spend a lot of time, mm-hmm. energy, and money on, yeah. Yeah. on fighting something that you're, you've already agreed to not compete. Right. You've already agreed to not open up another ice cream shop because you're part of a major ice cream franchise. So regardless of what they put in there, I, I wouldn't have my attorney spend right. a second on it because at 300 bucks an hour, Yeah. Yeah. what's the point of something that you've already... That already supersedes this contract that you that you have. You know, there another thing that that I didn't mention earlier should have was how when when these acquisitions are funded through a bank SBA guarantees, the bank's going to require non compete. So they're not necessarily going to dictate the terms. They may review it, and and if there's something that where they're uncomfortable, too short a term or something, that they might say something. But they want some type of non compete. I don't know if this is Apex policy, but it's Andy policy that if the seller won't in my questionnaire when mm-hmm. I ask, will you sign a non-compete? And if that answer is no, I'm not taking the it's engagement. Not, yeah, 
it's definitely not worth pursuing for sure. There's like, what's going on? Yeah. Why do you want to sell this? Yeah. So that's my policy. I don't know. I haven't it's read. It's a good policy. I, 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 I admit it's a that sense uh, policy. I read your policies on day one. <laughs> and I think you signed off on the policies. I signed them. Sure. I signed them. <laughs> but I, uh, but I, I, I'm going to be honest, I probably have not dusted those out. Uh, I figure they're one of those things where if I break one of those policies. I forgot to tell you there's a pop quiz. <laughs> This afternoon. <laughs> great, great. Next, uh, next broker meeting, policy pop quiz. Right. Um, and we'll. Is that where we just go around the room and just point out who's breaking? <laughs> well, that guy's breaking dress code. <laughs> There's. A, Let's not talk about what, dress we code. We have a we have a lot of dress code violations here. So, uh, well, we'll just we'll stop there. If you are looking at buying or selling a business. We're going to send you to the same place that we always send you. That's KCAPEX.com, as opposed to what one of the brokers here tried to send me an email to Andy at Apex.com. Not the place to go. <laughs> you want to email me? It's Andy at KCAPEX.com. So uh, we're going to let him slide on that because he's only been here for about seven years. So why would he be expected to actually know what the, know uh, the know, email address Know the email addresses. So. Uh, KCAPEX.com, that's the place where you want to go to find out about buying or selling a business. That's where we've got all of our active listings. You can get in contact with uh, all the brokers here. It's even got our, a little mailbox icon on there. So I sent him to KCAPEX.com. Just told him to click on that mail, mail uh, envelope whenever he wants to send me an email. It's very helpful. So he's, uh, we've got him all squared away, and he'll now be able to email me oh, and not get uh, a rejection. So uh, until next week, if you're looking at buying or selling a business, we got you, fam. <laughs>